0: Father, we thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for the blessed Holy Spirit. I just pray, Father, that you would illuminate our hearts, our minds, and our spirits, because this message is yours, it's not mine. You gave it to me. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I believe that our conscious and unconscious biases is what's wrong with our world today. When one said, group says to another group, I hate you, I consciously, unapologetically hate you because your skin tone is darker. I hate you because your skin tone is whiter. I hate you because you're a Democrat. I hate you because you're Republican. I hate you because you're rich. I hate you because you're poor. I hate you because you're Jewish. And I hate you because you're Palestinian. I hate you because you're a Mexican. And I hate you because you're American. And if this is not rooted out of our heart, it will eventually destroy all of us. But you know there's one that's more dangerous than that. And that's the unconscious bias. The unconscious bias is the one that I believe it hurts God the most. That's when we as Christians show favoritism. We don't see it. We don't realize we're doing it. But it's very much a part of some of our lives. I want to talk about unconscious biases now. Did you know that in America, that only 4% of men are over 6 foot 2. Well, how how can we explain the fact that 36% of corporate COs are 6 foot 2 or taller? That tells us that we think that maybe they're more commanding well, maybe they're smarter. You know, there's also a gender bias. If these 12 CO, if twelve COs were to meet together, and one of them happened to be a woman, the 11 would assume that one of the 11 had bought his secretary with him. There's job, job applications. Uh, there is a hiring bias. A study was done of 192 job applicants, and they all had the same job qualifications. Mothers were 42% less likely to get hired. They asked the personnel managers, the one that had done the hiring about this, they said, we would never under any circumstances, be biased toward motherhood. But the statistics speak for themselves. There is ethnic biases. There has been a study on referees and certain games that they had a, a hard close call. That will, those that, referees that make the call. They'll make it in favor of the one that is closest to their own ethnic identity. Personality biases. Educational biases. What degree are you? did you finish with? Uh, and they go up the pecking order of degrees. And they, they will make assumptions about you based upon your education. They don't realize that they're doing it. They don't really. They don't realize they're doing it, but it's very, very. Uh, uh, statistics speak for themselves. There's economic biases. Back in 1968, Bobby Kennedy was running for pres for the nomination for the, to run for the president of the United States, and on a hot afternoon, he spent five and a half hours in in Spanish uh, Harlem, and. It was a very hot, humid day. And the reporter, one of the reporters traveling with him, said, Bobby, I know your family. I know that you come from wealth. How is it that you're spending this hot, humid day, I think it's the hottest day of the year, how is it that you're spending this walking up and down the street shaking hands with these people? Bobby Kennedy looked at the reporter, and he said, you know, it's because I've learned something. I've learned that my world is not the real world. You know, I I think, and I wish that we were all like that, that we might realize that our world is not the real world. There is unconscious religious biases that we see every day on television. Did you know that there is... Unconscious bias in health care. Studies were done by Dr. David Williams from Harvard University. Interesting enough, he, he is also a graduate, of, a graduate of Loma Linda. And with his, this is with his master's in public health, he's also one of ours. He did a study and found that there is a bias on how that we treat patients. 720 physicians who viewed records of interviews with data upon hypothetical cases, and everyone saw the same same story, heard the same story, and the same data... The physicians then were, uh, were asked to make recommendations about the health care of these patients. The results was that black that black uh, women were significantly less likely to be referred re, re, to be referred for catheterization than were white men. That's unconscious bias. Another study was done on emergency room physicians. They found that more pain medications were offered Caucasians than minorities, even though they had the same injuries. They had the same injuries, and when the results were shown to this group of physicians, they said, this this has to be wrong do the study again, they did the study again and it came up the same. There's even an accent bias or state bias. And people believe that Northern, people with a Northern accent are thought to be more in charge, to be smarter. People with a Southern accent were thought to be nicer. There is also age bias, personality bias, weight biases, judging people's worth and potential. People forming their own opinions, maybe not not realizing it, not realize they're doing it, simply because simply because they look different than we do, they have a different background than we do, and. Unconscious bias is the role of stereotyping that, relie- that leads to prejudice. And it happens in a split second, in a split second in your brain. Researchers have found from brain image scans, listen to this, that people were shown faces that were different than, than they're on, and it elevated, it. activated. An irrational prejudgment in the brain's alert system. Alert for danger. This happens, thank you so much. This happens in less of a tenth of a second. When we see someone that is different than our group or different from, from us, that alert system goes into uh into effect we don't realize that i've seen this i've seen the, these uh exercises done before where they on the screen they would show a person a number of people and then they would ask their opinion of these people and it's amazing what happens i remember that one of them was this the people like Glenstein they said this could not be a Christian. He happened to be a bike uh he was a biker and he uh his ministry was to the bikers, sharing the love of Jesus Christ with them and they had a, they had others but uh this is what happens when we see someone different than we are. we automatically have that alert system. And we we realize we realize what it is, and I'm hoping that we can all realize when this starts to happen, we can recognize it as that unconscious bias that's creeping into our heart, and we can stop it, and we can stop it now. Peter, that day when he arrived in Caesarea, he had he had biases against those that were different than him. And if anyone was a Gentile, he was unclean to Peter. His heart was full of favoritism against Gentiles. But when Peter stepped into the home of Cornelius, that day his life would be changed and the church would be changed forever. And when he went into Cornelius' home and he began to speak to that group, and Cornelius at home, and he began to tell them, to speak to them about Jesus, about Jesus. And he was, he said, I am, clear, I am clearly, I'm, I'm clear now that God does not show favoritism. Let me tell you about Jesus, he said. And he started to tell them that Jesus is the, is the, full extent of God's love. And God loves every every single one in this room. And it said that when Peter started telling them about the love of God and how much they were loved, the Holy Spirit started falling on these people. Those that were with the Jews that were with Peter was absolutely amazed that the Holy Spirit was coming down upon Gentiles. There could be no doubt about it because the they heard them speak in other languages and they were praising God. And then Peter asked, can any object to their being baptized, being that they received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And then Peter gave the order that they be baptized In the name of Jesus Christ. We worship a God, friends. and worship a God who loves without favoritism. Jesus loves every single person in the world. Every single person in the world. He doesn't care how old you are. He doesn't care the color of your skin. He doesn't care your nationality. He doesn't care what you have or what you don't have. Jesus loves every single person in this world. There is no conscious or unconscious bias bias in the in his being, and God's hope and his dream for his church is that conscious and unconscious bias will be rooted out of our hearts. But Glenn, you might say, how do we be, how do how do we do that? Well, experts tell us that that the first step is simply awareness. If you if you can become aware of it, well, you that are here this morning have heard the uh, testimony of Peter, and uh, in Acts uh, chapter t- ten, and uh, you are already fifty percent there. You've already fit, but you become fit by 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 being aware of it. You will become fifty percent. You're already fifty percent there simply by being aware of it, means that in that split second, when your unconscious bias starts suggesting things, when you have a thought or when you see a person that is different, you can stop it, and you can stop it now because you realize just what it is. The second thing the experts say is conversation. Get together with some trusted friends or a trusted family member and have a conversation about biases, but don't talk about the don't talk about the the philosophy or the theory of it. Simply say, I have to be honest in my heart. Here is some of the areas in my heart that I wrestle with, that I struggle with, uh, for, for favor on, on the area of favoritism, and actually name it. Actually name it. Search down in your heart, as David did. David prayed, if there be any wicked thing in me, that the God, God would show it to him. Share it with a friend. Ask that friend to pray with you about this. And, that, and when you do, that begins to clear up. That will begin to change your heart. The third thing experts say is community matters. Being around other people that are different than you. Being around other people that are different, that have a whole new world experience that you do not have. That that will begin to break down barriers. Do you know who changes the most when we're serving others? I've discovered this in my Bible studies that I've given people. You do. When you're serving others, your heart is being healed. And God is working on the one you servant in an entirely different way. Our biases, I believe, are learned. They're learned at an early age. And for some of us, that might be a huge gap. That might take a little while to get filled. But you know that for our children that are a part of this church, do you know what they are experiencing? They are experiencing a different kind of world than we, than we do, a different culture. And when, they, when different cultures get together to worship and pray, the children are right there with them. And we have a change to form them in a way that we were never formed. Uh, it, and we have a chance to help them to grow up with less biases than we have. A way of, and give them a change, of way of understanding God in a different way than we understand Him. During the height. During the height of the, the height of de- desegregation in our schools, a magazine wrote this article about a little girl, a little white girl. It was her first day to school and she was going to school in a newly desegregated school. Her mother was a little concerned and her mother was there that day when school was over. She was there at the door to meet her. She said, honey, how did things go today? She said, oh mother, she said, a little black girl came in and sat down next to me And her mother knew that she was was a new experience for her daughter, and she said, Honey, what happened? She said, Oh, Mother, we were both so scared that we just held hands together all day. (laughs) That's a dream for this church, friends. That's a dream for our churches. You know, uh, that little girl had a perfect picture of what God wants in our churches. You know if we can be gullible enough, gullible enough uh, vulnerable enough, I mean, of people that are vulnerable enough to take the hand of the person that we that we least would want to or at least understand and close that gap of favoritism between us. I ask myself, I ask all of you, whose hand are we going to take care of? Going to hold, take a hold of, and to close this gap of favoritism in our lives. Amen. Our closing hymn. Five thirty-seven. Oh Father, you have said in your Word that we will be known by our love for each other. And Father, if you're leading us, Father, I feel that we do experience that. We experience that love, that compassion to reach out to others and let them know just how much they're loved by you and us. Thank you for leading us, and we just pray that you would continue to do that till we can all give that testimony that we are led by Jesus. Is our prayer in his name. Amen.